Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibu First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. It's episode 44, the first of 2018. We begin with a story that we've talked about before, but that heated up in a big way this past week. Chief Liz Lazaga of the Flat Bay Band took to Facebook, calling the Halibut enrollment process seriously unprofessional. She also said, Halibut is the most illegitimate, embarrassing band in the nation. She said, I am determined to remove my people and protect their rights and status before Halibu self-destructs, which it will. Accompanied by Elder Calvin White, Chief Lazaga did a range of media interviews during the week, explaining why Flat Bay had to leave Halibu and find its own way. Halibu Chief Brenda Mitchell angrily responded, accusing Chief Lazaga of trying to destroy what Mi'kmaq people in Newfoundland have spent 50 years building up. But there is one member of the Mi'kmaq community in Flat Bay who is not in favor of separation, Brandon Shepard, former chief of the Halibu. If separation were put to the vote, it wouldn't pass, he predicts. I also talked to Chief Lazaga about Brendan Shepard's observations. We'll hear from her later. But first, Mr. Shepard. Has he heard a lot of discussion among people in Flat Bay about the need for separation? Quite frankly, no. No, the, the members of the Flat Bay Ward, uh, represented by the Halibu Mi'kmaq First Nations, have certainly not had any opportunity to sit down and discuss or give direction to Liz Lezaga uh, on, on this particular matter. The ward representative in the Halibu Mi'kmaq First Nations representing this particular ward is Mr. Ben Bennett. <clears throat> and... We, not, we have not had any consultation whatsoever, knowing or given any direction uh, to, to Liz Lezaga with the organized, small local organization to actually take this particular direction. And are you, are you familiar with the process they would, they would have to go through? I understand there would have to be a referendum in, uh, oh, in Flat Bay and uh, some they would have to get agreement with the federal government. What, what is involved, uh, according to well, your first and form Well, first and foremost, in, you know, uh, as I understand things, and I've dealt with the Aboriginal movement for quite some time, of course, and I brought the, uh, the, the, the registration of the Mi'kmaq people available, uh, you know, outside of Con River. And for something like this to, to really develop, first and foremost, you know, to, to show some integrity, uh, whether it be a local group, uh, you know, dissatisfied with Halibu, you have to, uh, first of all, announce that there would be a meeting regarding, we'd say, the, the concerns that they would have and the direction that they may want to take as given by the membership of this ward, in the community here in Flat Bay, because it is a Flat Bay ward, and not other members living outside of the area that may, they may feel uh, should be part of this. It's the members registered under the Flat Bay ward who would give direction. Now, we have not had that. That would have to take place first and foremost. If that was a direction uh, certainly supported by the majority, a large majority of the Mi'kmaq members in the Flat Bay ward, 
then I, you know, to give them authorization along with the ward representative to, uh, you know, further this particular directive, then the ward representative, Mr. Ben Bennett, would certainly have to take that particular direction and go to Chief Mitchell and the, uh, the band members of the uh, Alabama Mi'kmaq First Nations in their meeting and at least make a presentation as to this is the direction I have been given by the, the members of the Flat Bay Ward to give, uh, you know, permission to uh, the local organization to move in this direction. And yeah. then, of course, that would be up to the local organization to move forward with the federal government talks mm. and, and just, you know, get an idea as to what's involved. We also have to know the pros and cons of, of what this would mean for the members of the Flat Bay Ward. I mean, is there going to be uh, the same type of uh, benefits, programs and services, educational, uh, and what percentage of that to represent the members that living in this particular community? Mm -hmm. There could very well be a negative effect to that. But not knowing any of this, first and foremost, it's, it's the wrong direction for anyone to be taking on behalf of members without consulting the, to the members. And do you have any sense of how the members would vote if uh, if they if there were a referendum, what is the what is the feeling? Do you think among people in Flat Bay? To be quite honest with you, uh, not knowing anything that's happening here, there would certainly be a flat uh, no. A large, a large majority, I'm sure, of the members of this community would say no to something of this nature. Uh, it took forever, uh, you know, to to reach the status with the federal government under the Halibut-Megma First Ban, which is a landless ban, uh, you know, that was uh, actually developed to represent the Megma people of Newfoundland. And in that particular agreement, there was no such thing uh, discussed uh, as that there would be a, a reserve for any particular band associated, or wards, I should say, associated with the Halibut-Megma First Nation. That has to all be considered. So. If the Flat Bay Ward was to break away from the Hellebumegma First Nations ban, there's no guarantee that there would ever be uh, any type of a pro program or a reserve set up f for those people. And, you know, that, that's, that's serious consequences could happen for the members up here. And, and we're certainly not going to be all that anxious about uh, jumping and, and supporting something of that nature. Hmm. So, But, you know, the lack of consultation in the community is what bothers me the most. Mm. Because it's, it's a hidden agenda that the, the members in Flat Bay really don't know anything about. And, and what, what is the agenda, do you think? You say there's a hidden agenda. What, what do you think there is? The mo what, what is the motivation for, for Liz Lasayaga and Calvin White to take this position at this time? I, I believe it's, it's, it's a matter of, of recognition and, and power within the community to have control over, over funding. Uh, that at this particular point in time, uh, the community of Flat Bay, represented by the local organization, of course, not by Halibu in particular, but this local band is actually receiving, you know, a, a lot of funding, but really people are not giving any, any accounts as to what's happening with the funding. It, it almost speaks similar to some of the bands that we hear across Canada, where the chief and council is actually are in control and uh, you know people are, are are certainly not given 
uh, information as to what's happening. And they talk about transparency and integrity. Well, you know, transparency and integrity is something that comes with regards to being open and transparent to Hall members. And financial accounts is one of those matters that seriously has to be presented. And that's not, not happening. So you're saying that there is a lack of transparency regarding the the way that the, the Flat Bay Band spends its uh, funds currently? Well, quite frankly, I, I really don't. So I, as a member, I don't know uh, how much funding is received under what programs or, or where that funding is going and uh, who the funding is being really distributed to. You know, and, uh, it, it may it may very well be in the minds of those people that they're they're doing what uh, what should be done, and and possibly that that could very well be. But you know, unless it's it's really looked at and given an opportunity to be looked at, uh, then you know that's it's always questionable in the minds of, of many people. Yes. Now, what what Liz Lasega said on APTN and what she has said on Facebook is that. Uh, her concern is that uh, people who should have status did not get status, and there were all these people in the Cornerbrook area, the Bay of Islands, who are not entitled to status and got status um, falsely. Uh, they they keep their cards, and people uh, more deserving are are left out. And she says on that basis that the whole the whole Halibut system is is bad and doesn't deserve to continue. Um, what, what do you think of those concerns about people who got in and didn't get in? Well, you know, uh, look, there's an agreement there, and, uh, you know, people who met the criteria will, in fact, uh, maintain their status cards or receive their status. Uh, I certainly support the process that took place. And quite frankly, I have brothers and sisters who in fact will not receive their status because they did not meet the criteria set forth in the agreements. And, you know, an agreement is an agreement. Uh, we both, you know, the, the members who were the, the true members of the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, whom the Federation, which was a provincial organization, represented, you know, from 1971-72 all the way through and uh, actually signed agreement with uh, with Canada and of course that that agreement was supported by the majority of people in a referendum uh, and, and the agreement is the agreement and, and personally I or nobody else should really be taking exception to the fact that whether it's people in Bay of Islands or central Newfoundland or elsewhere in Newfoundland receive their status I think it's 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 really uh, you know Nothing to be proud of to be talking about uh, Aboriginal people in a in a sense that those people who met the criteria maintain their status. And I I don't think anybody got in illegally. I think those people met the criteria, and those who never obviously are being dealt with and are being served notice. Hmm. It seems that most of the bad feeling is regards the supplemental agreement, and there was no referendum on that by the members. Do you have any? Any regrets about entering into the supplemental agreement that seems I that don't have any regrets whatsoever uh, with the supplemental agreement and there there was uh, really not a, a a need for the supplemental agreement to be uh, you know dealt with in a referendum because if it had to be it would have to go back to the original members of the Federation of Newfoundland Indians who voted on the agreement and not anybody else mm. and I'm sure if that was the case the referendum on the uh, supplemental agreement would have in fact been approved mm. 
chief uh, chief missile says currently uh, he he has uh, kind of taken a, a hands off attitude towards the supplemental agreement, saying that he did not have much involvement in negotiating the supplemental agreement. That you went away uh, for some months and came back and and surprised them with the supplemental agreement. They didn't know that it was in the works, and they were sort of uh, forced into it as a result of what you had done behind the scenes. Is that a is that a fair characterization of what happened? Uh, they, well, quite frankly, involved? quite frankly, no. Uh, you know, I, I disagree with that statement. Uh, uh, Chief Mitchell, who was then a a, a member, uh, you know, serving in the capacity. Uh, at the time within the uh, Federation of Newfoundland Indians and Hellevo, uh certainly, uh, you know, had his, uh, had his opinion on that, whether he agreed or disagreed, but at the table, uh, walked away with a, a definite, uh, you know, support for the supplemental agreement by, by the members, and that's where we are today. So to, to really, you know, want to hide behind something, I guess that's a prerogative of any individual, but uh, quite frankly, that's, in my mind, that's not true. Mm. So were at the time were all the were all the council members involved at all stages of the supplemental agreement were they were they aware at the outset that there was going to be no negotiation for such an agreement and were they know did they know it was going on or is it true that um that it was negotiated to, at first without their their knowledge well, it, it was negotiated all the way through with the knowledge of the people uh, involved in order to make decisions for for me as a, the chief and president of the Federation of Newfoundland Indians to actually go forward with it. So, you know, it's uh, it, it's something like you uh, you know people will say some will hide behind the fact. Uh, I guess maybe if uh, if they need support along the way, uh, you know, later in the upcoming election uh, in the fall of 2018, then. Uh, you know that's that's a position that's easy enough to take to to make sure people don't get riled up and and uh, sort of put the blame somewhat in in the area where these people are running uh, to take votes away from them. So if if someone wishes to use that sort of a tactic, then that's as again I say that's their prerogative. But uh, quite frankly, in all uh, essence of things, that's uh, that's not the way it transpired. Yes, and let me let me ask you finally. You mentioned the election. Uh, some people wonder whether you will come out of retirement and, and run again for, for chief. Uh, do you have any plans of that kind? Well, you know, I'll, I'll use the phrase, never say never. Uh-huh. And, and I'll leave it at that. Former Halibut Chief Brendan Shepard. It was a busy week for Chief Lazaga, and I caught up with her on Friday morning to get her reaction to the points raised by Brendan Shepard. First off, did she go through a community consultation before she made her public comments about the need for separation? No, we haven't had any community consultation. We started, um, the rumor came out last year when we said we were going to explore the idea. People certainly did ask us about it at the time, and we said that we would, we would talk about it when we were ready to start exploring it if it was something that we wanted to explore. So what I'm basically saying this year is that now we're ready to explore it. So we're talking to the community, we're talking to the public, we're thinking, we're talking as we're thinking out loud. So uh, there's some things I can say, but we have been given some indication that we would have some support to do this. On right on the heels of that is when I came out to say we will be looking at this as a favorable option, but 
on the same note, as I've repeated many, many times, if it's not a win-win, it will not be done, of course. So what the public is hearing is us thinking out loud in true transparency. But don't you, don't you think on yep. such an important topic it would make sense to get the community's input first before you engage in such a, uh, a public and what's become a very divisive uh, discussion? Well, we have been having um, – our people have been talking to us about it for a year. Our council have been talking about it. But we didn't have public consultations because we didn't have any information on it. It's very important to know that I'm not saying that I'm moving forward with it. I'm saying that in the frustration of looking at the situation with uh, the ELFU membership, it's become something from last year to this year as something that we, we think that we really need to start exploring and looking at. Right. But you, so, could, you, exactly. could, start, you, could, you could start exploring without uh, getting into a, a public spat with, uh, with Chief Brendan Mitchell, Chief, uh, Elder Calvin White and I some months ago talked about the possibility of separation, and he had talked to to uh, Chief Mitchell, and Chief Mitchell, according to Elder White, was somewhat supportive at that time. So the discussion yeah. was already taking place. Why escalate it to the point that it has so, reached? Okay, so I'm not sure where you're getting with the public spat. The public spat came on the aftermath of me saying over, over the weekend of last weekend, when I looked at like hundreds of applications are coming in and we're going through this since last year so once i start looking at uh what's coming through the, my comments from the weekend was this is it we're going to have to do something about the illegitimacy that we're seeing in the results of these appeals so there was nothing uh said to be in a set with brendan mitchell whatsoever and they're still not um so my public was i had people asking me over and over liz Say what you feel about this process. This is going on as years. So what I did last weekend was say what I feel. This is just my thoughts. This is exactly how I started the uh, post on Facebook. I said, these are my thoughts. I didn't say this is a flat bay uh, decision. I didn't say this is a flat bay stance. You're all asking me for my thoughts, my true feelings inside, and this truly is how I feel. Now, we will we'll go forward. We're going to look into it. And that was really how it started. There was nothing in my post that was against Brendan Mitchell. In fact, I complimented him. I still do. Um, as I keep saying, Alapu is a stellar service provider, a very stellar service provider. We all agree, though, the issue, the stat, is with the results of the application process. But you also said That's that the Halibut was going. You also said the Halibut was going to fall apart and it was going to well, uh, collapse. Well, I'm I'm very concerned. And again, that post was my thoughts. That's just Liz thinking thoughts because I was asked for my true thoughts. My thoughts can change a year from down the road, if or two days from the road down the road once I talk to um, people about the process of separation or anything like that. But in my true feelings, my true feelings about this, this is where I was coming from on the weekend. My true feelings is that when you have a membership that is completely illegitimate, now I'm not saying that um, a lot of people, like the majority, of course, are legitimate, that are approved. That's not my point. My point is when you have people with falsifications, as we all know, that hasn't been addressed, 
We have people who have done everything diligently. They've sent in applications that were A++, and they're completely ignored in terms of uh, just blatant mistakes by the enrollment committee, things like that. Then you have people who um, who have uh, been completely ignored altogether. So what I'm saying that if I went to court with um, all my flat bay people, for example, and I got all their document documentation in place, let's say, for example, they're all legit. But one I lied about, or one I didn't care to put their files intact, and there's a bunch of errors. If that is the file that I first get critiqued on by government, the whole thing goes down by mm. government, by, by a lawyer, by judge, whatever, in court. The whole thing goes down. So my point was in saying it makes me very, very, very nervous for Alipu, for the enrollment committee. I don't think as uh, the enrollment uh, situation – I don't think that the service, the band itself, is in jeopardy. I think that the band itself is in huge, huge jeopardy because of the inconsistencies and illegitimacies that are in the enrollment yes. um, process. Let, let me so, let me ask yeah. you let me ask you one more thing, uh, one yeah. last thing that uh, Brendan yeah. Shepard raised, which is that yeah. he thinks, as a member of the Flat Bay community that it was if there was a referendum on separation that it would not pass that most people would decide to stick with Halibut. What do you think of that observation? Well, what I think is that would be Brennan's take anyway because I know I, I've worked with Brennan for years and there's always been issues. If we're putting off a seniors project or a fire department, Brennan, Brennan, I'm sorry to say it, but it's very honest. Brennan is always the first one to show up and be a naysayer. And then it takes the community to kind of work, you know, for a while they'll go through the seeds that are planted negatively by Mr. Shepard, and then they got to work through that process. Then we have to, like, look at what's on the table, and that's what we go through in this community with having him as a resident and a member of the band. It could be the most positive thing or the most negative thing. But what my community does know is that unless this is a win-win for our community, I will not touch it. And they will be going through the process with me, looking at it, dissecting it on the table with me. And that's exactly how I operate, and that's how it will be done. We'll have naysayers. We're going to have a lot of nervousness. I'm nervous, too. But I do have good indication to know that this may be a very, very good fit result for Flat Bay, which will roll over in a good way for other communities as well. Yes. But this is just the, the approach that we get from from him all the time anyway. It doesn't hmm. matter what project it is. Chief Liz Lazaga. Before we go, a reminder that the next Halibu Council meeting is this coming Saturday, January 20th in Stephenville. To those of you attending, see you there. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on SoundCloud or iTunes. Tune in on Bay of Islas Radio, Thursday at 6 p.m. And in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, listen on The Voice of Bombay, Tuesday at 2 p.m. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.